0: such as Neo-Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome back, everyone, to Neo-Reality Collective. I'm your host, Eric Brown, and let's get right into things. So remember how last year's Oscar Awards ended, uh, had the iconic infamous Will Smith slapping Chris Rock and for the most part that's pretty much blacklisted him for the industry even though Ezra Miller has done far worse so uh yeah so after the viral moment that was the Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars and screaming stuff uh The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, uh, announced we're putting together a crisis team to make sure something like that doesn't happen again this year. I question the fact that why not just get security guards to, you know, get the thing going, but, uh, yeah... We, so the CEO of the, of the Academy, Bill Kramer, uh, said this, explained the preparations. We have a whole crisis team, something we've never had before, many plans in place. We've run many scenarios. So it is our hope that we will be prepared for anything that we may not anticipate right now, but that we're planning just in case it does happen. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm still complaining about it, like, at that point you should have called security and escorted Will Smith out for you know, assault on a global television network and especially it's the Oscars, but yeah, kept him on because he's Will freaking Smith yeah and, and they talk about how, how this whole, how Will Smith got the 10 year ban and they talk about the whole whole, how anything could happen at the Oscars, it's like Did did no one forget what happened throughout this decade so far? It's been a complete disaster. I'm pretty much expecting alien invasions to happen at this point. Like, it's not out of the question. The government has been shooting down a bunch of unidentified objects that's not even the Chinese balloons. So, yeah, it's up there. So, meanwhile, Ubisoft, the horrible company that keeps on being horrible, announced that Assassin's Creed Syndicate will have an update that will fix a persistent PS5 issue a flickering issue um this was a <sighs> uh, so they, 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 they just had to wait several more years after the PS5 like, and then several years after that to finally address the flickering problem it's just a thing we accept, right? Meanwhile, uh, for those who have seen Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania, I have sad news to tell you for those who haven't. Lewis is not in it. No! We'll never hear his epic recaps again! <laughs> uh, well, actually, the report, the report, the Hollywood Reporter revealed uh, that, uh, that there's no version, there's no cut of the movie that had Lewis in it because they were going to go into the Quantum Realm early and feature a ton of new characters like Kang the Conqueror and saying there is no movie there is no version of this movie with Lewis there are a lot of characters in the movie we obviously had our Lang, Van Dyne and the Pym family but there were no But we, then we also introduced Kang, Modark and all the other Freedom Fighter characters so we had to make decisions early on about what stories we could tell and what stories we couldn't tell Sadly, we will see Lewis once again if there's ever another Ant Man story. So, probably not. Uh, considering how the report, how the, um, movie has not been doing well critically for people, like the Eternals. Damn. Not only that, uh, the movie also had another thing where, uh, there were complaints about the Quantum Mania virtual effects, um, the VVX, v- VFX stuff. Uh, several artists have who worked on the film, and there was a calling, and they called, it, critics called it out. And three people who spoke anonymously about it spoke to Vulture, explaining that the budget issues are the root of all the visual problems with certain MCU movies being prioritized over others. Wakanda Forever, especially, all the money went to that, all the budget reasons went to that. It's understandable given the contact with Chadwick Boseman and everything how well the first, and how well the first film did, but it did diminish the ability to carry Ant-Man all the way through. Okay, yes. So, they're not mad about, about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. They understood that. And there was another issue. The anonymous artist added there were a lot of editorial changes that happened late in production in order to not show as much action or effects as there could have been, like because there just wasn't enough time to render everything. A lot of us sitting here are thinking, the money is there, why is it not coming down? Marvel's spending a bit more money to pay more VVX people, but wouldn't make that much of a difference for the executives all the way to the top. But if it comes down to them not being comfortable with their bank numbers, uh, and and us working until burnout, we lose that every time. Honestly, I equate it to human greed. So, yeah. Maybe they should have delayed it if this was going to be a routine issue. But greed, Hollywood greed, is uh, a problem. Plus, uh, then She-Hulk happened, and they talked about the virtual effects, and well, uh, all the criticism that was happening on that front it's just basically turned into a joke yeah so as Microsoft and Microsoft and their grand ambition to acquire Activision Blizzard continues to take hurdle after hurdle after hurdle despite the fact that that uh the Xbox CEO is currently very confident that they could still do it um regulators continue to express their concerns over the monopoly hold and you know Call of Duty, especially. Um, so legal experts are actually divided on this whole matter. There are pages, according to this IGN article, there are pages of arguments, tweets, interviews, and quotes from executives. There's been plenty of internet chatter about what's happening and why, from the outside looking in. And Mike's going to court over this, and yeah, the FTC's argument that acquiring. Activision Blizzard would lessen, substantially lessen the, the uh, competition in the relevant market per antitrust law as laid out in the Clayton Act. Effectively, FTC believes that if Microsoft absorbed Activision Blizzard, their compiled powers were allowed them to monopolize the games market and hurt potential competitors like Nintendo or Sony in ways they couldn't reasonably compete with. Meanwhile, uh, there's also the issue of using Activision to pump out future Xbox exclusives without Microsoft having to pay anything extra for the privilege of exclusivity, like what happened with Starfield after Microsoft bought ZeniMax. That's a bit more of a serious concern, but as Microsoft points out, everybody has some exclusives. And, you know, it, it's more specifically Call of Duty that's, uh, having this major thing, because Call of Duty is the biggest franchise in the world for gaming and having that be relegated to just one platform would be, um, what's the misallusion to describe this? Oh, uh, yeah, it would, uh, go very, very badly. But, uh, Microsoft has been trying to compromise with the industry to say, look, we're trying to work this out because, um, Microsoft has been striking several deals with various companies, um, Microsoft announced, struck a deal to bring all Xbox games to GeForce Now, a new 10-year deal to bring all its PC games to Navendi's GeForce Now streaming service, including Activision Blizzard games, Should the publishing giant Go Through deal. The deal is yet another step in Microsoft to, the, to ascertain the concerns of regulators over its pending $69 billion acquisition. The partnership delivers increased choice for gamers and resolves Navendi's concerns with Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Nivendi therefore, is offering its full support for regulatory approval of the acquisition. So, the new deal would, will allow GeForce Now users to stream Xbox PC games through the Windows Store, Steam, or the Epic Games Store. This also comes out off the heels when Microsoft signed a similar deal with Nintendo, which ensured Call of Duty will come to Nintendo devices the same day as Xbox with full featured content. This novelty to the first that it calculates all PC games, not just Call of Duty, and it's noticeable considering GeForce Now is a direct competitor to Microsoft's old cloud gaming software service. And they made the same commitment um, with a Call of Duty commitment to Valve, though Game News said a formal agreement wasn't necessary. The deal was also extended to Sony, though PlayStation's parent company has declined to sign it as it continues to push back against the acquisition. So there was also the idea of, you know, splitting up the major subsidiary areas of the company. Like, you know, we carve out, like, basically Marcus Aurelius and the Roman Empire. Like, it got too big, therefore we gotta carve it up. Uh, Mike Xbox and Phil Spencer came out and said, yeah, that isn't realistic. I mean, like, you can just carve out Bobby Kodak and we'll probably be good. Carve him out, like just burn it, burn it alive. uh, Carve it out, like burn it, like burn his history in the in the corporation, and never speak of him again. Treat him, blackmail him, blacklist him, blacklist him for God's sakes! Oh my God, that guy's horrible. So, yeah. So yeah, they they that was the thing that they would carve up. There was an idea being pitched around that they would carve up uh, Activision Blizzard, like Activision Blizzard and King. Now that would kind of be tough to do, like you would have to try and find out what pieces you would want and work everything out, what jobs are kept, what jobs are not kept, and all that insanity. But Microsoft has kinda Xbox has said, yeah, it's uh, not realistic like it could be but it would probably take a while to like plan a lot of things out to get everything to conveniently work everything out in a way that makes sense for everybody to win though this is a corporation so they don't care also it's going to be big as you see Tragic news befell the House of the Dragon fanbase for Season 2 is getting a potential 2024 release window. Wait. Um. We already knew this. Like, we knew this from, like, halfway through Season 1. Even George R. R. Martin repeatedly said there's a huge probability... We'll have to we'll have to wait till 2024 to get the season. Like everyone, I think everyone knew that. So why is everyone talking about it now? Like it wasn't talked about like anything. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, Disney, uh, HBO, and HBO Max CEO Cassie Blows Bl Bl Whatever Casey. Bloys or whatever called House of the Dragon Returning sometime in 2024 as a good guess probably the summer and they talked about the future uh, also talked about the Game of Thrones spin-offs that could help with the long ass between seasons for HBO it is and about quantity but rather quality of what puts it out into the world and there were multiple ways to get to get to House of the Dragon like they had a bunch of souls like the tale of Duncan Egg Yeah, um, they shot a pilot for over $40 million and then scrapped it, developed a bunch of scripts that never got off the ground, and they got House of the Dragons at the end. So, yeah, credit for the whole we-need-to-be-prestige content, but I'm still on the opinion that I'm still on the opinion that uh, you, you, you could probably could have made us shorts sp- like you also have the Snow series said to be in development featuring Jon Snow and all that uh. <laughs> yeah and Secession is ending after season 4 and they won't be getting any spinoffs so tragic Meanwhile, Amazon Games' uh, MMORPG New World is switching to a seasonal mode and will be getting free and premium season passes as a result, coming into effect March 28th. As promised, it allows for more frequent content drops with the likes of new features, gameplay experiences, and more. Seasons will last three months, and Amazon said players can expect further unique additions to New World as each one rolls out. Oh, man. Yeah, it also doesn't really help the game because it's been struggling to find its audience. It got a 6 out of 10 by IGN on the base game. And yeah, grind. Meanwhile, Stranger Things season 5 is coming out this year, hopefully, and hopefully for other reasons but uh a lot of the actors have been um some of the cast are ready to say goodbye to it uh jim harper aka david harper Earth, the actor who played jim harper in since season one said he's ready for netflix's hit series and during an interview with discussing film promoting his new movie for the streamer service we have a ghost he he was also saint nick and beat the living hell out of people but um that was a completely different event that we don't like talking about <laughs> What's funny is, is when I started the show, I never ever wanted it to end. That's why I love the show. I think it's a great show, and even if it, if I wasn't, it now? We're almost nine years from filming the first season. I think it's time for it to end. But it is, of course, very bittersweet. You know, there's a sadness there, but also we've all grown up. That, and there was a pandemic, and one of the actresses for um, actors were almost banned from ever returning to the states, which would have really fucked up the schedules completely. And until legal fees were cleared up on that, so. Uh, Yeah, that was probably going to be a problem. if That continued. Um, Then COVID happened and the world kind of fell apart afterwards. Wait. It's time for us to leave the nest and try other things with different projects. Y'all should know, I played a Russian agent in Black Widow. And I will be back for the Thunderbolts. And to let the Devil rows try different things as well. I mean, those guys are so talented. I want to see what they come up with next. So it is bittersweet, but it's definitely time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So they talked about how a while back they were, they wrote a letter to their fans asking that season five would be the last, saying they always intend to end it after seasons four or five. And then four got big. And yeah. Nope, there's an end in sight for that series, and it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be se- nice seeing how these, how the series tells its final stories, and the big invasion that's gonna happen, and everyone's gonna be fucked. But as that series is on the on the out, season three of The Mandalorian is almost coming in, and John Favreau said he's already done writing season four. Writing on BFF BF, TV. Favreau said season four. Yeah, I've already written it. I've written it already. We have to know where we're going to tell a fully formed story, so we mapped it out, uh, co-created Dave Filoni and I, and then slowly just then you just write each episode, so I was writing during post-production, because all this has to feel like a continuation and one full story. Therefore, I also explained that he and Filoni need to know what's going to happen in the future Mandalorian episodes in order to probably plan out other shows from the wider Star Wars universe. This involve rebooting the orig- the uh, sequel timeline, because I will be all for that. The writer said the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, a skeleton crew, and Skeleton Crew, yeah, I kind of forgot about that show, all take place in the same period. So there's a lot more things that we have to keep in mind, stuff we built up from previous seasons of The Mandalorian as well. And that uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> after the first season. But um, with all these massive Star Wars content and all that, Liam Neeson has been... Uh, critical about it, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. All I know, all he said was that there's just so much of it and it's losing its magic and luster. (laughs) Also, he revealed that he turned down James Bond for love. to be said God rest her soul said to me while we were shooting Neil down in the Carolina saying Liam I want to tell you something if you play James Bond we're not getting married uh, that's um <laughs> yeah and in fact, he even t- like I said, he talked about he's not interested in returning for a spinoff about the Qui-Gon character, saying the amount of Star Wars content is taking away some of the mystery and magic in a weird way. I mean, like, it got kind of wrecked when the Disney sequel trilogy happened, and then Rise of Skywalker pretty much took a dying animal and shot it in the head. I know, brutal imagery, but that's what I felt Disney did in the end of all this. Meanwhile, Destiny developer Bungie wins the $4.3 million anti-cheating lawsuit. And damages and legal fees, they won that. Uh, this was the thing that was going on back in April 2021. And their lawsuit against AIM j- junkies filing its copyright laws by producing cheats. Which, you know, gave players um, a thing. In fact, they even said that... Uh, Apparently, AIM Junkies' parent company, Phoenix Digital Group LLC, released an aggressive statement against Bungie that read, in part, Bungie and their console, but apparently believe the more should you throw out the wall, the greater the possibility of something sticking with the court, no matter how ridiculous or absurd it is in the real world. Yeah, that failed miserably. Maybe you should not have gone pissed off mode to resolve your issues. Well, at least it's better than that one guy that got screwed up, that uh, copyrighted machine everything. But Ed, Ed Bungie got pissed off and had to fight for months to try and get any information from YouTube because YouTube's algorithm is horrible. <sighs> Speaking of money, Avatar The Way of Water has officially crossed $2.2 billion at the global box office surpassing Titanic. Yay... It's now the third highest-grossing film of all time and it looks like it's going to try and catch up to the other films because of course. But uh yeah, that ha- happened and we'll be back after these messages to after these after this break to continue the last half of this article stuff along with annoying news from Elon Musk. So we'll be back after these messages guys. Take care. We're back, everybody. Let's finish this whole thing off. So, yeah, Twitter continues to shoot itself in the foot, even after Elon Musk announced he was planning to leave once he finds someone crazy enough to take his job. So he's basically saying, I'll resign when I find someone, which could probably take a long time. Yeah. So, Twitter has been posting features and whatnot and giving out content for the Twitter Blue subscribers. I'm one of them, unfortunately. Mostly, they have done hour-long videos, HD quality, full HD, and a bunch of other stuff. Now, naturally, I would think the 1080p could be a free thing for Twitter users. The other other stuff I can at least somewhat get, the hour-long one and the 4,000 characters one. Albeit still annoyed with that, because one of Twitter's known features is the 200 to 500 character limit. Uh, wait, 140 to 250? I kept thinking 500. Like, that could have been a neat compromise, like, if they were really going to be serious about it. But, um, yeah... Then they added the 4,000 character limit for Twitter Blue users. And I was like, you're pushing it. And I don't like that. I kind of don't like that. I'm like, I've used it multiple times. But I still just don't like it. It allowed me to re-edit things and try to be more compressed about it on my Twitter posts. Then 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 they really crossed it. Twitter announces it will now charge users for text-based two-factor authentication, meaning only Twitter Blue subscribers will be able to utilize a security feature after March 30th, which is the text-based version of two-factor authentication. And they claim in their blog, we have seen phone number-based 2FA be used and abused by bad actors. So starting today, we will no longer allow accounts to enroll in text messages and SMS method for two factor authentication unless they are Twitter boost subscribers. Effective March 30th. Can you give me a... Um, Uh, man. So, can you give me, like, a number? Well, um, can you give me a name, anything to prove what you're saying is accurate? No? Okay. I'll just listen to what Social Proof Security CEO Rachel Toback said. Uh, Twitter's own account security report from July 2022 states only 2.6% of active Twitter accounts have two-factor authentication enabled. Of those 2.6%, 74.4% of them use the SMS text message option, while the 28.9% use an authentication app and 0.5% use security key. So, what's your argument here? Can you give me, like, a number of hemi-fraudulent ones that have been made? Any? At all? No? Okay. F you, Elon Musk. So, Creed 3 is coming out this week. Uh, yeah. Speaking to IGN as part of FanFest, Michael B. Jordan listed some. It mentioned a core. Listed uh, anime, anime fights, however, inspired Inspired some of the Kree 3 fights, like Dragon Ball Z Punch. Because because Michael B. Jordan is a huge anime fan, to the point that he even convinced, convinced Marvel hey, can you at least retcon me to be like an anime fan in the What If series? Because I'm a huge anime fan. Like, I watch Gundam. And the very fact of my character, Killmonger, says that is a thing. And it's kind of cool. I'm even wearing an outfit inspired by the Sands, most most specifically Vegeta, because he's freaking awesome with his (laughs) whininess. Yeah, he... Yeah, Creed is going to have anime fight scenes, essentially. Except without the high explosions. Meanwhile, the 2023 film, which released to the features for a PG-13 rating, arrived on February 24th on Peacock with both the theatrical and the unrated cut. So, yeah. Megan was released on Peacock, and my sister loved it, apparently. Yay. And And whatnot. Uh, don't really particularly care about Megan because I'm not much of a horror fan unless it's a video game. Speaking of film, Marvel: The Marvels, part of the MCU, that was going to follow uh, that was going to follow the continuing adventures of Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, and Monica Rambeau. Oh, the po- which uh, featured all the which featured them crossing over from the Captain Marvel movie, post Endgame and post Miss Marvel, and Scar- and the uh, Scarlet Witch show, uh, <laughs> WandaVision. So, they were all going to follow up on those adventures and cross over and release in a film for July 28, 2023. It yeah, then got delayed to November 10th, which caused some of the comics they were planning to publish around this time to also be delayed. <laughs> oh, man. So, the delay is partially... Um, also follows a report that Marvel is potentially pushing the brakes on delays for the amount of projects it wants to release this year. The report was mostly focused on TV, however... And, yeah. There is another thing. There is a method to this madness. So, one of the things that were also announced that was reported that uh, Loki and Secret Invasion are reportedly the only two MCU shows definitively coming out this year. They want to be better at cater at curating franchise content that is extraordinarily expensive because originally the original reported plan was six and it's one of the reasons why I've been on this hiatus from the superhero movie franchises like I still read comics but the superhero movie TV franchises have been exhausting when you have multiple shows coming out in rapid succession to the point that it becomes overbearing and I can't even focus on it so, yeah, let's hope this cools down and whatnot. Also, Civilization 7 is finally happening. Well, they, they didn't uh, really announce Civilization 7. They just announced it as a new Civilization game officially in the works. But they don't know if it's the 7th game or just a spin-off like Civilization Beyond Earth. So... They also announced they would continue post-lodge content with Midnight Suns and explore new creative projects for their teams. And yada yada yada. Ha. Uh yeah. After especially after they lost the former creative director of the XCOM franchise and Marvel's Midnight Suns, Jake Solomon announced his departure from the studio. Yipes. Meanwhile, I am a le- I am legend, you know the Cult classic film that people kind of forgot about. (laughs) So, one of the things that was reported. So, *I Am Legend* 2 will star Will Smith, surprisingly, and Michael B. Jordan. It will take place several decades after the events of the 2007 post-apocalyptic action thriller. In a conversation with Deadline, they talked about the new details, such as *The Last of Us* inspiration, but um, they announced something else regarding the ending to the uh, regarding the film and the 2007 film. They're instead going to take, not feature the ending where Will Smith dies and blows himself up in an action movie out of nowhere thing. Instead, 2007's film will instead follow the alternate, original ending of the film, where Will Smith's character survives after realizing what he had become inadvertently to the creatures that are now dominating the Earth. And... Yeah... So they're going to explore the thing about how man's time on the planet as the dominant species has finally come to an end, and how Will Smith is kind of their boogeyman after all the horrible things he, after the inadvertent experimentations he was doing trying to develop a cure. So, ouch. Meanwhile, Scarlet Witch number five by Steve Orlando will be drawn by Russell Donnerman, who will feature the climactic sh- showdown between Scarlet Witch and Cynthia in their interior artist by acclaimed artist Russell Donnerman. <laughs> oh man, it will be launching in May and, you know, feature an awesome fight with, well, the Scarlet Witch and, and Cynthia. And it's going to be a badass story, I think. Plus, it's going to have beautiful artwork, more so. Meanwhile, as that continues on, Daredevil and Echo will reunite in a new miniseries by the Black Eyed Peas artist Taboo. And considering how Matt Murdock and Mario Lopez face an ancient evil lurking underneath New York City, I'm going to assume that this is taking place before the events of, of, of... devil's reign but um it also was reported it also says in the in the pr statement that um uh reunited at last with echo herself fresh from the brief time as the host of the phoenix force Yeah, yeah yeah that was a thing for a time i was just as shocked as you that she became the phoenix I get the feeling this is also trying to be a tie-in announcement to the eventual series Echo that was set to come out this year, but now it's coming out next year from What I've Gathered and Daredevil and whatnot, so they were like, let's link these two together for the comic sales. That could have taken another year or so. But yeah, not only that, Cindy Moon, aka Silk, will be returning into the Spider-Verse as a new miniseries as part of their Celebration of Asian Heritage. There's something rotten in Los Angeles, and Ace Detective Cindy Moon is on the case. Wait, that can't be right. In this mind-bending new series, Cindy will face old foes and their reinforcing dangers that will take her to the breaking point. Oh no, another comic that will feature a character going to their breaking point. Wait. So yeah, she's on a new adventure now, and it features the Spider-Verse insanity not only that, DC Comics decided to make an announcement. So remember how it was reported for God knows how many times that, uh, according to the Donna DC poster, it was revealing that, well, we would be getting, um, Night Terrors. Well, DC finally decided to announce Night Terrors. Which will feature, which will be written, surprisingly, by Joshua Williamson. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. This summer comic book crossover event will be Night Terrors that will feature Josh Wilson and a host of artists tackling together in the horror genre of the DC Universe. Though, when I heard this, I was like, wait, but isn't what the Dark Multiverse technically that? No? I mean, it kinda was, but now it's the Nightmare Realm, and... <sighs> yeah. Also there will be a free comic book day event, a free comic book day issue that will feature this whole this whole Night Terrorist event comic. Especially after they had just finished Dark Crisis and then they finished uh and they are about to finish up with Lazarus Planet. Goddamn. So yeah, that's a thing. Meanwhile, Marvel, in their blessed insanity, decided to announce not one, not two, but three event comics, technically. There is the main canonical timeline Marvel event, Absolute Chaos, Corrupts Absolutely, also known as Contest of Chaos, an upcoming Marvel comic saga that will challenge your favorite heroes to embrace their inner chaos, which sounds like a um, throwback to Contest of Champions. So yeah, and it features an artwork from Brian Hitch, poster, featuring all the heroes fighting each other because that's something that comics are not getting entirely sick of. Then they announced something they haven't given the name yet, but the teaser is First It Comes for the metal. a crossover event that will feature Dr. Afara, Star Wars comics, Star Wars Darth Vader, and Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Why should I care? I'm like, no offense, Marvel, but, like, why are we doing these event comics for Star Wars if they're not really going to mean anything since we're still before Return of the Jedi? The sequel trilogy still sucks. It's not going to fix anything. you might introduce some new concepts, but, like, then you'll be, like, making me question how the hell is the sequel trilogy happening then? Again... But let's end this on a more positive note before I go into a rant about my Star Wars issues. Marvel has announced the transformation of the Marvel Universe, round 564-3.4. Decimal six. Jonathan Hickman, oh my god. Well, take my money, I don't care what it is, it could be anything jonathan hickman and his name is on it i'm all for it and brian hitch oh brian hitch like his artwork's still pretty damn good Uh, are coming out with ultimate invasion what this june superstar creators Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch launch an all-new Marvel Comics epic that takes Ultimate Comics in a shocking new direction. So the Ultimate Marvel Universe is coming back after they were brutally destroyed in Secret Wars, both in issue one and in general? Wow, I, I'm kind of surprised that you're finally bringing that back. Especially when Brian Michael Bendis' last run of Spider-Man with spider man 2 complicated, I know, featured a tease that the Ultimate Universe was restored and the Maker is still running around in the main Marvel Universe trying to get back to the Ultimate Universe because that's apparently a hard thing to do now. But, um, yeah. It was announced on Entertainment Weekly and... Ultimate Evasion will be a revolutionary, shocking name. A shocking t- tagline name they need to push out. For issue saga that presents a surprising new chapter of the Ultimate Comics and the bold new strides for Marvel's iconic heroes. Launched over 20 years ago, the Ultimate Universe provided a contemporary take on classic Marvel characters and storylines. Known for its edginess and explosive action... <laughs> Okay, edginess I agree because you had cannibalism, murder, more murder than usual, a lot of cannibalism, the maximos being incests. Damn. (laughs) Like, Uh uh-oh, Every time I have to remind myself... This is the universe that featured the Wasp being cannibalistically eaten by the Blob in the epic failure that is Ultimatum. Magneto lost his mind and drained half the world and flooded the world. The Thing killed Doctor Doom, though Doctor Doom was was apparently in hell at the time. Yeah, 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 that was the Thing. Uh, The horrible artwork of ultimate power Greg Land that really confused me in terms of how compressed how decon how decompressed the story was, even though it really could have been stretched out to just four to three or four issues instead of How many? Nine was it? Or six? Yeah, anyways, um... Oh man So yeah. The ultimate universe uh, so Known for its and explosive action, the Ultimate Universe was the home to some of Marvel's most talked about and thought provoking series of the 21st century. Talked about, yes. Thought provoking, n- n- no. The ultimate year has reached its cataclysmic end in 2015 Secret Wars, but nothing stays buried in Marvel Comics for long. I'm like, there's that one guy that got killed in Goliath, I think, who got killed in Civil War. He's been dead still, still after all that time and hasn't gotten his revenge on Tony Stark for the most part. For, you know, cloning Thor and Kayla getting him killed. Is it time for the Ultimate Universe to make its grand return? The Maker seems to think so. Oh, and because the Maker thinks this, therefore he's going to do it. Thus, the Illuminati is going to reform once more to stop him from his plans to destroy or perhaps rebuild the universe, with Miles Morales at the center of it all. (laughs) Go back, Uh, did you just say the Illuminati is going to form back up? Oh, God damn it! You're, you're really... Because they're the best people for the job. Because the last Illuminati that worked out so well. And by that, I mean they caused secret wars for the most part. Miles Morales and the Maker... Like, the Maker really wants to go home, essentially. He, he's basically being a more extreme version of Wolf from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, I just want to go home. Miles Morales... That's a bit more complicated. So Miles Morales was an Ultimate Universe creation by Brian Michael Bendis, possibly one of the best things that came out of Ultimate Universe, besides Brian Michael Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man run. That should tell you how Brian Michael Bendis' writing has changed in multiple years, and how it should have been better off he worked on his own continuity stuff instead of working on established multiple decades of continuity. But that's a completely different topic. But, um... Here's the thing, Miles Morales was transported to the Secret War. After Secret Wars, Miles and his family were in were integrated into the main Marvel universe. Worked with Spider Man, joined the Champions. Hijinks ensued, and nothing bad ever happened again. I I do have a question though. Um, is this supposed to like take the Maker and Miles Morales back to the Ultimate Universe? In which case they're leaving the main Marvel universe. Like, the Major, at least I get. Miles Morales, he's been integrated in it thanks to Molecule Man. Molecule Man. So, yeah, yeah, it was a huge hygiene. So it basically involved a burger in his pocket that's been there for days, and time compression happened that made it still good. Because comic books. <laughs> yeah, so. Brian Hitch's work on The Ultimates helped redefine the superhero comics from the 2000s. It was until it wasn't. And John Layman has successfully ing- reinvigorated the Fantastic Four, Avengers, and X-Men in the last decade. That I agree with. Wait until you see what these two powerhouses talents have in store. The debate issue will include new data pages by Jonathan Hickman. Because anything by Jonathan Hickman these days has to have overly complicated data pages. Plus exclusive behind-the-scenes material on the world building that has gone into this project so hickman explained to entertainment weekly saying "Revising the idea of the ultimate comics couldn't be replicating or revising what brian did in the original ultimate creating a streamlined modernized version that would eventually become the spine of the mcu definitely that but brian hitch never got paid for that so so fuck marvel on that and disney it certainly couldn't be what i did which was the final chapter of a pre-existing universe we also thought the very idea of ultimate comics needed to be invent inverted from what the original universe was we wanted this to be something that we could really only exist in the comic space a new way of thinking about and enjoying a new version of the marvel universe i'm pretty happy to say that it feels like we've accomplished those things and we're very excited for everyone to get to read it Brian Hitching laid his stuff, saying, It's been more than 20 years since I started work on The Ultimates, a project that would have a big impact on my own career and beyond, so when Marvel came to me with the idea of revisiting The Ultimate Universe with a man who so brilliantly and spectacularly destroyed the last one, I was both feet in. Jonathan is a terrific writer of big, sprawling epics, and we've talked about working together more than once for this new Ultimate Universe adventure to unite us in very ex- is very exciting. I get to bring two decades of new experience as an artist and a storyteller to this, and it's new, different, and familiar. It's a big budget, high concept, widescreen storytelling. I feel right at home. Set to release on June 21st. So yeah, when I heard this uh, about the ultimate universe returning, I was like, okay, cool. And then there was a poster about and then we saw the poster featuring the ultimate. And then we saw something interesting. We saw Black Bolt. I thought, I, here's the thing. Since Black Bolt has been completely forgotten, since the humans have been mostly forgotten about, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I thought the humans were all dead by this point, besides Miss Marvel. Yeah, that, that's to sell you. Um, the Ultimates have to take on the Illuminati, which is Black Bolt. Dr. Stephen Strange, Namor, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, Black Panther, and a uh, Hickman era Charles Xavier. Oh, so you're gonna have Hickman's Charles Xavier crossover with his other ultimate creation, The Maker, who both dress similarly and wear a very sophisticated helmet. I'm sure no one's gonna make a comment about that. Oh, wait, Hickman already made a comment about that. He even acknowledges, yeah, (laughs) there's something about that. And in fact, uh, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get a joke about it in the comics, say, hey, you look like me. Yeah, except I'm actually evil and you're more pragmatic militaristic. Yeah, probably. Plus, Namor and Black Panther are gonna be together and we all know how Hickman wrote them last time. That was insane. Plus it's Doctor Strange, he's probably gonna do something stupid. Tony Stark, oh don't worry, he's probably gonna do something stupid. Reed Richards, he's also probably gonna do something really stupid. So really the only ones who are not doing anything stupid so far are Black Bolt, Black Panther for some parts, and Miles Morales. In fact, <laughs> so it's the worst aspects of the Marvel Universe colliding with the darkest stuff of the Ultimate Universe. Wow, that, that's that's a thing that's going to happen under Hickman's direction. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome, probably. I look forward to that, honestly. I'm, I'm looking forward to this comic. I, I can't believe I said that. Like, I read some of Hickman's Ultimate work, uh, Ultimate Thor, Ultimate Hawkeye, and, and The Ultimate when it was relaunched after the events of Ultimatum. So, yeah, he does have talent on that, and it's pretty damn good. Uh, so, yeah, and The Maker was sort of his creation. Like, Reed is Going Evil was from, another write, from other writers after Ultimatum, but Hickman was like, let's make him The Maker, and fully embrace the evil side and this irredeemable force of power. Then, the Maker just kind of stuck around for a while in the main Marvel Universe, trying to get back home like he's Steppenwolf without the Anti-Life Equation or Dark Side meeting his blessing. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, in all honesty. The Illuminati, Miles Morales, and the Maker versus the Ultimate Universe. So, I'm pretty sure something's going to be said about that. So, this was your host, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Collective. Stay tuned for this last ad break and outro, and I'll see you all again next time. (laughs) Oh, God, this is going to be a wild week. So, peace and take care, everybody. Hope you all have a good night, and I'll see you all again next time. Peace.